Johnson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. To put it, frankly, there's a lot of tough stuff going on in the world right now. A lot of tough stuff. Between the pandemic, that's been kind of a 2020 issue. The racial injustice that has sprung up and all the events that are going down in the Twin Cities right now. Terrible. I mean, even baseball, right? Sports are supposed to be an escape. We're supposed to turn to sport to escape from the real world. Baseball is even depressing to talk about right now. So today we're not going to cover any of that. We're going to focus on mostly positive things. In fact, Dave Carney, host of the WKTY Morning Show and one of the most positive people that I have ever met, he's going to join us on the Five Star Telecom Talking Text Line coming up at 5.30. And I thought to start today, let's start with a team and a topic that we can all wrap our arms and our hearts around and our fandom around. That's the Green Bay Packers. We're going to talk NBA. We're going to talk to Dave. But let's start with the Packers. Something all we can all be on the same page about, right? This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're doing well. I appreciate you tuning in. You can reach out. Give me a text. Give me a call. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talking text line. Don't wait for me to invite you. You're welcome anytime. Let's start with the Packers. And it's a piece of news that I really would have loved to hit yesterday, but we just really didn't have time. And it was Aaron Jones who was on a Zoom conference call with reporters with the Packer beat with the Packer media yesterday who made a little bit of news. And when asked about his future with the Packers, he's an upcoming free agent. So this is the last year on his rookie contract. He was asked about his contract and his future with the Green Bay Packers. And he said, whether it's my first year or my last year on a deal, I'm going to be just as motivated. It doesn't change just because a contract is on the line for me. I mean, I'm going to continue to work and do everything in my power. I trust my agency and the Packers. With that, I would love to be a lifelong Packer. That's my take on that would love to be a lifelong Packer. Now, a lot of that is player speak saying, ah, it doesn't matter if a contract's on the line. I'm going to be motivated. I'm going to do everything in my power. That was all run of the mill football player press conference answer. But the one quote that jumps out, I'd love to be a lifelong Packer. And of course the Packers are the only team he's been on. It's been successful. He's been able to make a living for himself. Hopefully going to make a lot bigger living coming up on this next contract. Why wouldn't he love the Green Bay Packers? Why would he have anything against the team that drafted him? And have built, essentially built an offense around him. It's an interesting concept for a running back wanting to be a lifelong Packer. Or a lifelong anything, really. It's an idea we never really think about. I never think about, man, the Packers should really, he should be a a running back for the Packers forever. Aaron Rodgers says that, wants to be a lifelong Packer. And it's a topic that we talk about for weeks and months and really years. For the last couple of years, we've talked about what the end of Aaron Rodgers' career might look like, whether it's with the Packers or whether it's elsewhere. That's why last week's press conference, the press availability that Aaron Rodgers gave, that was such a big deal because up until this draft, Aaron Rodgers had said all the right things, done all the right things, and said, I want to be a Packer for the rest of my career. I want to do it. And that's why the draft pick of Jordan Love and and the statement from Rodgers last week, that was such a revelation because Rodgers essentially said, it's out of my control. I'd love to be a Packer for the rest of my career. But it's out of my control. doesn't look like that's going to be the case. That's why that was such a revelation. Quarterbacks stick with franchises for a good portion of their career. Even if they're not lifelong Packers or Patriots or Saints or Colts, we consider quarterbacks attached to one team. 
Brady played with New England for 20 years. Yeah, I know he's in Tampa, but unless he wins a Super Bowl or something crazy happens, we're going to remember him as a Patriot. Always. Peyton Manning played for 14 years with the Colts. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl and ended his career with the Broncos, but we think of him as an Indianapolis Colts quarterback. Brett Favre was with Green Bay for 16 years, and I think especially outside of Wisconsin, everybody considers him a Green Bay Packer. Now, between Minnesota and Wisconsin... For one reason or another, we have strong feelings about Brett Favre in Minnesota, and that sticks with us. So maybe we're in a little bit of a bubble when it comes to Brett Favre. One quarterback that did spend his entire career with the team, Eli Manning, didn't end so well. Got a little bit ugly at the end. He was with the Giants for all 16 years of his career. Quarterbacks staying with one team for their whole career, or the majority of their career, or being remembered with one team for their whole career, is very common. It's very common. But running backs... Even the elite ones, completely different story. Now, I can't speak to what things were like in the 70s or the 80s or even in the 90s, but I can speak to the situation in the landscape of running backs right now and the idea of any running back being a lifelong anything, Packer, Colt, Brown, Jet, Giant, 49er. Concept makes no sense, and it doesn't really fit with the landscape of today's NFL. Let's talk about the elite running backs, the best of the best. The highest paid. Now, of course, Christian McCaffrey was just given an extension by his team, the team that drafted him, the Panthers. And it looks like he could be a Panther for a while. So maybe he's a little bit of an exception in this case. But let's look at some other quarterbacks. Todd Gurley, for for example. He got a four-year, $60 million deal in 2018 from the Rams. Four years, $60 million. If a deal like that doesn't say committed, I don't know what does. But here we sit in May of 2020. Where does Todd, Todd Gurley play again? Think quick. Did you have to think about it? Yeah, he's in Atlanta. Los Angeles couldn't wait to get rid of him. They signed him for four years, 60 million. Made him the highest paid running back at the time. I think 45 of that was guaranteed. David Johnson, another great example. Three years, $39 million in 2018. Where's David Johnson now? You might not even know who David Johnson is. He plays for the Texans now. He's part of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Three years ago, in 2018, or two years ago, he signed a three-year deal. Still on that deal, but on a different team. And Le'Veon Bell signed a four-year deal, $52 million with the Jets in 2019. I would be shocked, shocked, if he plays out the remainder of that deal for the Jets. Shocked. Now, that's the NFL. Let's talk specifically about the Packers. The Packers, at least in my lifetime, and I could say the last, really, 30 years, under Wolf, Thompson, and now Gutekinds, there's a lot of similarities between every general manager. And I can't speak specifically to Brian Gutekinds because we're in the first couple of years. We need to see some precedent, right? We need to see something from Gutekinds to actually figure him out as a GM. But I'd assume he's similar enough to Ted Thompson, who is similar enough to Ron Wolf. The Packers almost never give out a third contract to a player. Brian Bulaga is a great example. And they hardly ever give a second contract to a running back. The last time it happened was James Starks. They let Eddie Lacy walk. That was the correct move. But they did give James Starks that second, second contract. We also got to keep in mind that coming up this offseason, Bakhtiari, Kevin King, Corey Lindsley, Aaron Jones, Kenny Clark, Jamal Williams, all going to be free agents. All of them. Which makes it a little difficult to guarantee the continued Packer in any player, in any one of those. It would be difficult to say Lindsley is going to continue to be a Packer or Williams or King or Bakhtiari because they can't all get re-signed. They can't all get re-signed. But all that being said, I I think we're making a mistake by assuming the Packers want to move on from Aaron Jones. Remembering, of course, that the Packers drafted A.J. Dillon. Jones and Williams set to be a free agent. The Packers take a running back in the second round. It looks like the writing is on the wall, right? 
It's obvious. The Packers are going to move on. They're going to go cheaper and younger with A.J. Dillon. I don't think so. I don't think so. All signs are pointing to the, the free agency of Aaron Jones and his departure from the Green Bay Packers, but, but I don't think so. Let me take you back to the offseason of 2015, the offseason that immediately followed the meltdown in the NFC Championship game in Seattle. They had just lost that game. We don't need to talk about it. I don't want to get into it. And Randall Cobb was set to be a free agent, right? They drafted him in 2011. His rookie contract was up, and he was set to be a free agent. The Packers had just drafted Devontae Adams, who at the time seemed like a really, really promising wide receiver. Now, that turned out to be the case. He had great games against the Patriots, their biggest regular season game, when Jordy Nelson was a little bit preoccupied with Darrell Revis and Brandon Browner and that excellent secondary. Devontae Adams stepped up, gave lots of reason for the Packers and Packers fans to believe in Adams, and he did the same thing in the Cowboys game in the divisional round. He was great. For the most part, they figured out Jordy Nelson, and they got a handle over everyone except that pesky rookie, Devontae Adams. So going into that offseason, Randall Cobb's a free agent. Keep in mind, the Packers don't really like to give out second or third contracts. And Devontae Adams looks promising. And at the time, we all loved Jared Boykin, too. Yeah, we missed on that one. But we were right on Devontae Adams. It looked like he was gone. And Randall Cobb gets re-signed on March 7th. Late, 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 late. Going up against the deadline of free agency. I didn't think they were going to re-sign Cobb. Nobody did. Because Adams was promising. We thought Boykin might be... Something, which we turned out to be wrong. But all the signs at the time pointed to the Packers moving on from Cobb. They signed him anyways. Right now, I don't know if it looks as sure that the Packers are going to move on from Aaron Jones, but there's certainly evidence to indicate that they just might. But I don't think so. I don't think so. This is something we're going to have to follow because five free agents, five starter free agents, and, and then, of course, Jamal Williams as well, who's a big part of the offense, five free agents, starters on offense and defense, uh, coming due, and the Packers are going to need to contractually make that work. So that's something we're going to talk a lot about. Kevin King, Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, Corey Lindsley, David Bakhtiari. Who do you bring back? There's not a bad choice in there, but you can't bring them all back. So that's something we're going to have to talk about. When we come back, I want to change gears. I want to talk about the NBA because I have some beef, and I want to share it with you. And I know we're also going to talk with Dave Carney of the WK2I Morning Show coming up at 530, and Dave is an NBA guy. We'll talk baseball, too. But I want to get his thoughts on what the uh, the return of the NBA and the playoffs might look like. All that coming up here on the Wisco Sports Show, presented by Play It Again Sports. You're listening to WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host. A lot of negativity going on in the world. Between the pandemic, of course, a president says something fascinating every single day that always gets people stirred up. And of course, the terrible situation of racial injustice and unrest up in the Twin Cities as well. And even baseball. Sports are supposed to be our escape, right? Even baseball is dividing us and causing us distress right now. So we're trying to focus on the positives today. And a good step towards positivity is always talking to Dave Carney. He hosts the WK2I Morning Show 6 to 9 every morning. And we're going to talk to him on the five-star telecom talking text line coming up at 5.30. So just about 10 minutes away. And I want to talk about the NBA with him. And, and I'm, going to be, I'm going to be really honest. I have beef with NBA fans right now. Well, actually, to be fair, I've had beef with NBA fans for the last couple of months. Really this last season. I had a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. And to be fair, this is directed mostly at people my age, in their 20s, millennials, 
Kids always on their damn phones. Those kids. I have beef with you, people my age. NBA fans, and I say that in air quotations, sarcastically. I know you can't see me. NBA fans now love social media. They love memes and podcasts and free agency rumors and Twitter beefs. They love all that more than the actual games. People say, yeah, I'm a huge NBA fan. Oh, did you, did you catch the game last night? Well, no. I, I read about it on Twitter, though. I saw Worldwide Wob tweeted something about it. Right? I, saw, I saw there were memes going on around James Harden splitting his pants open, you know, pooping his pants, whatever. Something, something crazy happens in an NBA game every night. But we don't like to watch games. We prefer to look at the memes and scroll through Twitter and listen to podcasts and drink it in through social media. We don't like watching games. You know, you know basketball games? The, the NBA, the National Basketball Association, that's the point after all, right, is to actually watch the games. No, NBA fans would rather read about it on social media and tweet about it and listen to a podcast. We love the low post with Zach Lowe. Or we love listening to Bill Simmons on The Ringer argue about the, the, which 80s Celtics team was better with Ryan Rossillo and Eddie House. NBA fans don't even like watching basketball games anymore. And it's really, really frustrating. And, and I'll be fair, I get this during the regular season. There's 82 regular season games. It's a lot. We have busy lives. You can't watch them all. I mean, I, I can because I like basketball, which is an insane idea in 2020, I know. I get it in the regular season. There's a lot of games. You can't watch them all. But I'd hope that if you're an NBA fan and you're an NBA diehard, you'd at least watch games in the playoffs, right? It's what we wait for all year. I get the season starts in October. The playoffs don't get going until the spring. It's a lot of time. And it's a lot of games. 82 is a lot. But once the playoff rolls around, like, like that's what we're working towards. That's the goal of the playoffs. I just can't wait for the playoffs to get here. So once the playoffs start, that's when you all start watching games, right? You NBA fans, that's when you actually tune in and watch, right? No. I'd hope so. But the more I read and the more I talk to people and the more I listen, and yeah, I scroll through Twitter as well. I'm addicted. The more I see, I'm starting to doubt that you NBA fans even like to watch games during the playoffs. I'm becoming skeptical of that. And it's really, really disappointing. I could blame the pandemic. I could blame the the unprecedented times we live in. But this has been something that started years ago and it's gotten worse and worse and worse every year. Nobody likes watching games anymore. The NBA is as popular as ever. We love superstars. We love buying the jerseys and buying the shoes, and we love reading about the Twitter beef and listening to Dame Lillard and Lonzo Ball go back and forth dropping diss tracks. Yeah, the NBA is a lot of fun, and the superstars are cooler than the superstars in any other league. We love the NBA. It's never been more popular, but we don't watch games. And when I say we, I'm not, I'm not a part of this group. I mean the NBA so-called fans. Don't even want to watch in the playoffs? That's the vibe I'm getting now. I was listening to an NBA podcast this morning. It was the Bill Simmons pod, and he was talking with Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer. And we're talking about what playoff format is best. Now, maybe you saw that Kevin O'Connor wrote an article a couple of days ago suggesting that the NBA move to a group stage format, something like the World Cup is done, where they group teams together based on tier. You have a tier one team and a two and a three, and everybody plays each other a couple of times, and after a round or so, the team with the best record moves on, so on and so forth. That was his suggestion. Now, it's not the only suggestion. It's not the only format that is... Format change that's been proposed. People have said, let's get rid of conferences. Let's go 1 through 16. Lots of different formats being flying around. And you know the argument I hear for it? 
people are saying, well, you can't just do East-West. We got to do one through 16. We got to do group play because this is what I hear. No one wants to watch the Bucks play the Magic or the Heat. Nobody wants to watch the Heat play the, play the Grizzlies. So we feel the need to, to mix up the format to make the game more fun to watch so we can pull a rating. You know what? I want to watch the Bucks play the Magic. And I want to watch the Lakers play John Morant and the Grizzlies because I like watching basketball games. It's the National Basketball Association. That's the point. And I get there's a pandemic and we need to make changes. And these are unprecedented times we're living in. But we are proposing changes that, that aren't required. They're a solution in search of a problem. Yeah, the NBA can't have home court advantage. The Bucs have, can't have home court advantage. I get it. They can't have fans, and they need to sequester the whole league in Disney World or wherever the hell they're going to do it. Whichever blogger writes the next article suggesting a location, that's probably where Adam Silver will move it. I get we need to make changes. But we don't need to make these changes. But there seems to be this need or this perceived need that we need to cater to the casual fan because, well, the Bucks and the Magic, that's just not intriguing enough. Maybe to people who don't watch basketball, Major League Baseball falls into the same trap where they're like, we got to speed games up because the casual fans, they can't watch this. We need a pitch count. We need to limit mound visits. We need to limit pitching changes. One per three batters. We need to make it more digestible for the casual fan. Meanwhile, the actual baseball fans who are buying tickets and and paying for the cable subscription, which no one is doing in 2020, but I got to have Fox Sports Wisconsin to watch the Brewers, the paying customer, the passionate baseball fan, is getting left out to dry because no one's worried about them. We're chasing the, the casual fan, whoever the hell that is. No, we need to appease the casual fan. And the Bucks and the Magic just isn't good enough for the casual fan. So we need to change the format to make it more interesting, get a better rating. Nick Wright said it best yesterday. He was on Colin Cowherd's show, and I thought he nailed it. Cowherd asked him, Nick, what about the 1 through 16? I really like that. That shakes things up. What about a group stage where we group teams up like in the World Cup? What about that? Do you think that change is necessary? And Nick essentially said what I'm saying now and what I said yesterday is no. We don't need to make the changes. You know what would also be really fun? We could tie one arm behind all the NBA players' backs. And, and, we, and, and we could, we could, they could play blindfolded. That would be cool. That would be fun. Maybe people would watch that. But what does that have to do with basketball? And what certainly what does it have to do with preserving what little scrap of integrity this NBA season has left? Which to some of us, that's really important because some of us actually watch the games in the regular season. You know, there was this, there's many narratives and storylines through the regular season that were fascinating to watch and read about, except if you don't read and you don't watch. The Bucks and the Lakers actually really prioritized the regular seeding to, or the regular season to get a good seed and they earned it. And now everybody wants to say, well... Let's take away any advantage that was earned, earned during the regular season because you know what? We just want it to be more interesting. Screw the casual fan. The NBA shouldn't try to cater to the casual fan. They should try to cater to the people who actually watch the games. Yes, even in the regular season, which I know is an absurd idea in the year 2020. I thought Nick Wright nailed it yesterday. I couldn't agree more. We could tie the players' arms behind their back. That would be entertaining. But why the hell do we feel the need to do that? To pull a rating? I thought this was about basketball. It's the National Basketball Association. Do you know the regular season, teams played more than 60 games. It's not like baseball where they never got a chance to start. It's not like things were canceled after two weeks. There's a huge body of work that all NBA teams put on paper and on film. 60 plus games, wins and losses. 
Some teams prioritized the regular season, like the Bucks and the Lakers. Some said, no thanks, the Clippers. And the teams that prioritized and performed in the regular season should be rewarded with whatever little scrap of a reward that we have left. And reseeding 1-16, to so the Bucks all of a sudden now get to play the Clippers and the Lakers. And Boston and Philly are still both on their side of the bracket. Why would we do that? It's a solution in search of a problem. Everybody says we got to conclude the NBA season, right? We got we to gotta finish what we started. We got to crown a champion. Well, you know what? The season we're finishing was over 60 games long. And if we throw the format out of whack, then we throw away those 60 games. And then why do, why do we feel the need for conclusion at that point? If we don't care about the 60 games we've already played and the seeding that these teams earned, they weren't given these seeds. They were earned over 60 games and months and months and months of basketball, which I know most of you didn't watch. If we throw all that away, then why the hell do we even need to finish the season? Just wait until next year. Just wait until next year. Unreal. You NBA fans. And like I said, I'm not trying to sound aggressive towards our listeners today because most of you probably don't fall into this category of obnoxious millennials who say they're NBA fans but live solely on Twitter and not on NBA TV or TNT or ABC or Fox Sports Wisconsin or whatever regional network, RSN, your NBA team plays on. If we throw away the regular season by reformatting the playoffs, then why the hell do we feel the need to have the playoffs? You don't want conclusion, but you're willing to throw away what we're trying to conclude, the 60-plus games that these teams have already played. Unreal. I want to talk to Dave Carney. He hosts the WKTY Morning Show coming up next. He'll join us on the five-star telecom talk and text line. And look, even if NBA is not your thing, and you're upset about baseball, and you're upset about the pandemic, and you're sad and disappointed and confused about what's going on in the Twin Cities, Dave's the guy. This is why I wanted Dave today, is Dave is Mr. Positivity, and he's going to be like a shining light when he joins the show. He'll join us next. The Wisco Sports Show will be back, presented by Played Against Sports, right here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host. Follow me on Twitter, at KeystrokerGrant. You can follow us all at WKTY, and you can follow our next guest, Dave Carney at Dapper Dave C. He hosts the WKTY Morning Show, and he joins us now on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line. So, Dave, I have a confession to make. You'll get a kick out of this uh, before we get into the NBA, which I know is is both what we want to talk about. So, I just moved into a new place, and I'm having a I, I'm struggling so far to get back into my normal routine. What time do I get up? Okay, is it Monday, Wednesday, Friday? What do I have going on today? So, I'm adjusting. And on Wednesday, I join your show uh, Monday and Wednesday for the G Spot. And on Wednesday, I woke up. And I rolled over. My phone was on mute. I didn't have an alarm set. And it was 8.07. And I saw I had a text from Dave Carney. And he's like, all right, G-Bills, I'll give you a call at, you know, 8.20 or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God, I would have slept right through it. So I got we got a little lucky on Wednesday, Dave. And I haven't slept through one of our segments yet, but we got dangerously close on Wednesday. I love it. It's full disclosure. And I appreciate it. That's no problem. It's actually kind of fun catching you off guard. I mean, when you have to live up to the voice of a generation, you, you deserve to have yourself thrown off or, or parried a little bit once in a while just to make sure you're sharp and at the top of your game. Uh, and, and it sounds like you were. I, not a beat missed. I couldn't have, I couldn't have told the difference. Well, I'm, I'm glad. That's good to know. Maybe I'll, I'll sleep until I normally join you at 8.20. Maybe I'll sleep until 8.15 every day, and I, and I won't prepare at all, and we'll see, we'll see how I go. You, you refer to me as a voice of a generation, and I kind of feel like I'm going against my generation today. Dave, the more I read and I listen uh, and I watch TV, it sounds like the NBA, as they try to design the playoffs, which it seems like are going to be hosted at Disney World, they're trying to design the playoffs to be flashy 
and to provide something interesting and new to pull in a viewer. Dave, I, first of all, I don't think we need to pull in any extra viewers. Any sports on TV is going to get eyes. I, I don't know if we need to be worried about that. But it's really sad to me because my team, the Milwaukee Bucks, just played 60-plus games and earned a number one seed. I understand they can't play at their home court and they can't have their home fans that they earned. That's fine. I, I get it. Everybody is playing by different rules during a pandemic. But the idea that we further need to muddy up the season by switching the seating or having a play-in tournament or playing it like the friggin' World Cup, I don't understand that logic at all. I said it a couple of times. I think it's a solution in search of a problem. What do you think about the NBA and, and, and the way they're trying to get things going again? Well, I, I think that what you're saying is is true in your previous segment, and that was the casual, the quote-unquote casual fan is who all these sports leagues are like bound and determined to attract, right? That is, as you mentioned, not necessary. 5.8 million people grant the largest cable audience in the history of cable TV and golf tuned in to watch two former, well, I guess Peyton's a retired golfer. Phil's not retired. Tiger's still active. And, and Tom, but they're watching a former quarterback, a current quarterback, and two golfers in a non-tour event. It was so well received. I even watched 45 minutes of it, and I don't enjoy golf. So you're right that the leagues are trying to attract this, quote, casual fan who will show up anyways. Um, as far as the wacky ideas that are going on, I, I kind of go back to what you said about the blogosphere and where this thing is going to take place. Orlando, yeah. is it going to be Vegas? This is all speculation, rampant speculation based upon what? We don't know. This is anything that the league has really considered. But I, I think that in your, in your larger takeaway about the regular season, you're right that the regular season should matter for all teams in all sports, okay? Soccer is different. That's an international sport. We have to take that one out. NASCAR is a promotion. We have to take that out. The UFC, likewise, is a promotion. When you have a league, with unionized members that collectively bargain their agreements with a group of owners who are partners, not bosses. This is the thing that we always forget. They're partners, not bosses. When that happens, then yes, you have a responsibility to honor the regular season. Now, I can understand there being logistical issues with, say, a team like the Portland Trailblazers, who's three and a half games out of the eighth spot in the West right now. Yeah. Okay, They were on a hot streak, and they feel that they were stopped. Damian Lillard says, I don't want to play if there's no real chance for us to make the playoffs. So is there a small issue with how the season ended? Yes, of course. But you also said this. There were 65 games played. And what those teams earned, the Lakers, the Bucks, you name it, that should be honored. Now, the Lakers, they don't get an easier task than Milwaukee either. If the current format, they say 1 through 16, awesome, the Bucks still get to play the Magic in the first round to everybody's chagrin, right? Yeah. But the Lakers have to play the Nets. If Kevin Durant is healthy and the Lakers have to play the Nets, is that fair for the Lakers to have to play Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the Nets? No, it's not. And I think that there could be a workaround, Grant. I really do. In some sort of a play-in tournament of sorts, let's say Mark Stein, who writes for the New York, I think it's the New York Times now. He used to be an ESPN writer, but yes, he sir. writes for the New York Times now. Mark Stein said, bring in 20 teams. Give the top four teams a buy. Essentially, they're given a first-round buy. And let those last 16 teams sort of buy for the final positions in the playoffs. Okay, if you want to do something like that, fair enough. But at the end of the day, what you said is essentially true. 65 games in. You would call that a regular season in any strike-shortened season. It happened oh, yeah. in 99. It happened back in 2010. 
that's a season. So either cancel it and scrap it because by the time they play this, it's going to be time for the preseason to start it's again. A new, anyway. It's a new season, exactly. Um, scrap it. Give a regular season award. Like the, the Badgers got a Big Ten regular season award. Was there a Big Ten tournament award? No. But they were the Big Ten regular season tournament, the regular season champions. That's what the Bucks should be. If they want to give an Eastern and a Western Conference award, fine. But you could give an overall championship. You really could. I think that would be okay. And, and what you're saying, too, it sort of bastardizes everything. All of this stuff is going to bastardize the game in some way, shape, or form. They'll do it because they need the money and they want it. But it's going to be, it's going to be weird. And some of, one of these leagues will be irreparably damaged by it. That is for sure. Well, it's looking like baseball is going to try to take that cake. I, I agree with what you said about the Blazers. <laughs> First of all, in the specific case of Damian Lillard, like, dude, you're in the Western Conference, and you're telling me you – and C.J. McCollum are getting beat out by a rookie Zion and John Morant. So, like, I, just, I don't want to hear from Damian Lillard, but I, I don't want to get into that. I, like you said, everything's being messed up. Everything's being bastardized because there's no home court advantage, right? They're all going to be in the same location. The season was cut short. Everyone played by those rules, and that sucks. That's fine. But that doesn't mean we need to further muddy the water just for the sake of it's a pandemic season. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. How do you think Adam Silver has handled this? You said at the beginning, you mentioned it's all rumors, right? It's coming from the blogs. Adam Silver has taken his players' thoughts into account, the, the their representation. He's uh, surveyed and asked everyone. I'm not sure if I love that. What do you think about the job Adam Silver has done so far? It's a job that's not close to finished, right? But up until this point, what do you think of the NBA commissioner? Yeah, I, I, I boy, talk about a really tough spot to be in. I mean, yeah. you're painted into a real corner with this whole pandemic crisis. I think he's done as well as he can and as well as could be expected, honestly, Grant, this year for the NBA started off with a real kick in the pants when Daryl Morey tweeted something about China and Hong Kong and protesters that lost the league billions of dollars and will reduce the salary cap in years to come. Then you you pass over Kobe Bryant. His death is, is something that hangs over the league. And now this, I think he's done okay. I don't know what else he could really do because yeah. – there's two ways to go about this. Major League Baseball is an autocracy that is, is trying to run a paramilitary organization by creating dissent amongst rank and file. What they're doing is just insane to me. The NFL hasn't had to worry about it yet. So for Adam Silver and, you know, for a lesser degree, Gary Bettman, I think they've done okay, right? I would give them a solid B. I don't know if anybody gets an A grade in this, except for Goodell right now, because he hasn't really had to do anything except for take the draft and put it on a Zoom conference. Yeah, and look, Dave Carney from the, the WKTY Morning Show joining us. I I think Roger Goodell has done everything he, he has had to do so far. It's not a long list of, of objectives that he's had to complete. What I don't love, Dave, is that Adam Silver is asking and polling and appearing to take any bit of advice or any suggestion that anybody with a keyboard and a blog will give him. I... I I compare this to a wartime president. If if our country was considering going to war, and I know this is a blown out of proportion, dramatic example, but it helps make my point. If our president sent out a mailer to every citizen and said, hey, do you think we should go to war? I'd be like, man, that's your job. That's why we elected you. That's why you're in charge. You're the president. I, there's part of me that doesn't love Adam Silver seemingly need to get clearance and get an okay from his players at every turn. I know he's the player's commissioner, but at some point, doesn't he just have to say, this is how we're going to do it and fall in line or you don't get paid to play the Roger Goodell card? 
You know, I think it's okay. So as you were talking, I'm being reminded of a wartime president. Well, he wasn't exactly in war, but boy, did it get close. Probably the closest we've gotten to a nuclear war was John Kennedy. Yep. And he had to play a game of chicken against Khrushchev that nobody knew the outcome of. All right, I'm reading a book right now written by Ryan Holiday, and it's called Stillness is the Key. And and what it talks about, Grant, is a stillness of mind that can that ultimately leads you to better decision-making. What Kennedy did during the, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis was take in every piece of advice that he could get, sequester himself enough to make the decisions, but keep certain kinds of advice from certain kinds of people coming in. Now, ultimately, it was going to be his call. But I think that there is a... a I think there's room to be considerate of the ideas. Now, ultimately, like a parent, and your parents, I'm sure, would tell you this if you asked them, and you'll find out someday, too. Yeah. You'll listen to your kids with all sorts of their ideas, and you can be thoughtful and nod your head and understand and empathize what they're coming, what they're coming from. At the end of the day, it's your call, and you're going to make it, and you're going to do what you're going to do. Now, the wartime president poll and everybody, let's say the wartime president polled all the generals. Sure. That's more what this is. That's what more this would be like. Okay. The 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 he's, he's he's pulling a military service. He's not pulling every idiot from all over the country to say, hey, uh, what do you think out there? Uh, so in that respect, I think that the, we can applaud his ability to listen behind the doors. Though we don't know what kinds of decisions Adam Silver is ultimately making, and and I'll just wrap up the thought of Silver like this. That's the best because as opposed to Major League Baseball, and they're consistent ability to not get anything done silver said nothing we don't know anything and so he hasn't had to hold himself to oh this day or this day or we'll do this or, or we'll play here so far he's just let that be said for him so it's conjecture but it's kind of good conjecture right because he won't be accountable for this that or the other thing well i think baseball is hurt by the, the league and the players leaking every little bit like the league the other day or it would have been on Tuesday leaked financial information of this proposal before some players could even read it. At least that's what the players indicated yeah. on Twitter, which I don't know why they'd lie about that. But the MLB did their players dirty by basically pointing out, hey, look at this guy who makes 30 million a year. Yeah, he's only going to make nine. Everybody feel bad for him. Right. The MLB kind of doing their players dirty. I'll just ask you point blank. Last question for you, Dave. Do you think we're going to have an MLB season? Man, I was 60-40 <laughs> saying yes a couple of weeks ago. I really was. I don't know. I'm 20% leaning towards, yeah, there'll be a season of wow. some sort, 80% saying this looks like it did in 1994 when I was at the last game of the season in, in California. And I just, I, I remember looking at my dad and like, they can't be this stupid, right? And the answer was resoundingly yes, they can be. This has been evidenced so many times with baseball. I was just going to look up when the Players Association came into being. We're talking about one of the more powerful associations, union memberships in the world. Yep. Forget sports in the world. So the way, like you say, the owners have done dirty here, the players aren't helping their cause by making it seem like they're greedy. We've talked about this a couple of different times. I don't know, Grant. 20% says yeah, and, and 80% says no. They're going to they're gonna end up scrapping it, which goodbye and good riddance in a lot of people's minds. You, you talk about a game that's not watched on TV. You can say what you want about the NBA regular season. What about game 57 of the Major League Baseball season? Ugh. Who's watching that? I guess. I Look, I the players have every, every right to battle for their money. They're the best at what they do in the world. And I'm not going to compare Mike Trout's job to mine because I'm not Mike Trout. If I could be, I would be, and I'd be making that much money. It's just, it's really hard to pull for either side. And I know everybody wants to virtue signal and say, I'm with the players. Yeah, we're all with the players because we cheer for the players. But there's more at play than just simply feeling good about yourself for, for cheering for the millionaires. 
rather than the billionaires. Dave, I appreciate the time. I wanted some positivity today. Uh, and this was nice to talk about the NBA with with another big NBA fan. So I'll appreciate you, Dave. Ha- have a good weekend, man. We'll okay. talk on Monday, and I promise I'll get up on time. Sounds good, buddy. Talk to you then. Thanks, Dave. Have a great weekend. That's Dave Carney. You hear him in the morning, 6 to 9, on the WKTY Morning Show. 20% yes. I like. I hadn't pondered that question. If Dave would have turned that around on me and said, what do you think? I, I don't know if I could say yes or no. And I guess that is that's all you need to know. If, if, if somebody asks, hey, are we going to have a regular a, a baseball season? And I, and I don't know. I can't confidently say one way or another. I guess that's the takeaway is it's up in the air and, and that's the battle that's going on right now in Major League Baseball. I don't want to talk any more about baseball. I want to continue to try to be positive today in an increasingly uh, negative world. Coming up next, I want to continue the conversation we started the show with about Aaron Jones because the Packers not totally different from Major League Baseball, find themselves in a really difficult situation in the coming year. They're going to have five starters that are set to be free agents, including a backup for one of those starters, Jamal Williams, in the case of backing up Aaron Jones. Who should they prioritize? Shoot me a text. We got Kenny Clark. We got Corey Lindsley, David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Kevin King, and then Jamal Williams as well. I know he's not a starter, but he's still got a big role. Those six guys, who should the Packers prioritize? Shoot me a text. 608-796-2558. The five-star telecom talk and text line. The Wisco Sports Show. We'll wrap it up coming up after this break here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good night. By the way, and I and I almost forgot to remind you today, go to WKTYsports.com. We're taking entries for a pretty dope giveaway that we're doing. We're giving away four rounds of golf and a cart at Trempolo Mountain, and then you get beers and burgers at Howie's afterwards. All you got to do is submit a picture of you wearing your favorite sports gear. Now, we'd prefer it to be Wisconsin sports gear, but it doesn't have to be. Give us a picture. Dave will start drawing weekly starting next week, so you can go read more at WKTYsports.com. To begin today's show, if you were here, you know what I'm talking about. If not, welcome. To begin today's show, we discussed Aaron Jones' comments, and I will reread them for you. Obviously, he's coming up on a contract year, and looking at free agency this coming offseason, this is what he had to say. Whether it's my first year or my last year on a deal, I'm going to be just as motivated. It doesn't change just because a contract is on the line for me. I mean, I'm going to continue to work and do everything in my power. I trust my agency and the Packers. With that, I would love to be a lifelong Packer. That's my take on that. First of all, in my eyes, Aaron Jones has no reason not to want to continue to be a Packer. They drafted him. They really, this last year, built their offense around him and have compensated him. Now, I think they want to compensate him further and give him a next contract. We'll see how much. We'll see for how many years. And if that matches what Aaron Jones feels he's worth and what his agent feels he's worth. But I, I, I'm not... Amazed. I'm not surprised. My Packers fan heart didn't melt reading this. It just seems like common sense. It seemed like the right thing for Aaron Jones to say. And as I said at the beginning of the show, there's reasons to both believe and not believe that Aaron Jones is going to get re-signed. Reasons why he may not be re-signed? The Packers drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round. Well, Aaron Jones is coming up on free agency. Not hard to do the math. In some way, A.J. Dillon could be viewed as Jones' eventual replacement. That's one reason. Another reason, the NFL really isn't kind to running backs. In the last couple of years, we really haven't seen running backs stay too long in one spot. We talked about Todd Gurley and David Johnson to begin the show. 
All of those running backs, Le'Veon Bell, another one who I think will be on his way out of New York, even though he isn't yet. Todd Gurley and David Johnson both signed record-setting deals at the time for guaranteed money and for years. Their teams were committed to them until they weren't. Because now Todd Gurley, two years into his four-year deal, is in a new team, and so is David Johnson. He's a part of that DeAndre Hopkins trade. Cliff Kingsbury and his current regime couldn't wait to get rid of him. The NFL isn't kind to running backs. And the Packers specifically don't really love to get out additional contracts. They don't like to sign a second, uh, a, a guy to a second contract or a third contract. They haven't signed a running back to a second contract since James Starks. Another reason to believe that Aaron Jones might be on his way out is they have five upcoming starter free agents besides offense and defense between both sides of the ball. You have Bakhtiari and Lindsley, Kevin King, and who am I missing? Kenny Clark and Aaron Jones. That's five. Couple on defense, couple on offense, and Aaron Jones' replacement, Jamal Williams, is also set to be a free agent. So do the math. Six contributing players are approaching free agency. Can't resign them all. We'll see where Aaron Jones falls on the Packers' priority list, but they can't resign them all. A couple of reasons to believe Aaron Jones might not be back. A couple of reasons to believe he may be back and should be back, and the Packers are planning to extend him. Well, they don't have much for wide receivers, and they already drafted Aaron Rodgers' replacement. How do you think Aaron Rodgers would feel if the Packers got rid of his number one weapon from last year? The number one piece in their offense and a player who led the NFL in touchdowns, tied with Christian McCaffrey, who just signed a mega extension in Carolina. How do you think that would read? I understand that the Malafleur and the Packers may not prioritize skill position players like wide receivers, and they obviously prioritize running backs, but to think that they don't draft a wide receiver and they don't really sign one other than Devin Funches, and then they they get rid of Aaron Jones, you got to have somebody to throw the ball to and hand the ball to. Might as well be Aaron Jones. Doesn't really make sense that they'd get rid of him. And another reason to believe he may be re-signed, 2014 to 2015 is a great precedent for this instance. A great example, a lot of similarities. In the spring of 2014, the Packers draft Devontae Adams in the second round. The year Randall Cobb is playing for a new contract. Devontae Adams had a great year in two huge games. Showed up against the Patriots, showed up against the Cowboys, and then Randall Cobb hits free agency and we're all thinking, Cobb's gone. Cobb's gone. They drafted his replacement. And he ends up signing kind of at the last hour in early March. There's reasons to believe that Aaron Jones... Could be re-signed and could be let go. But who should the Packers prioritize of their five starter upcoming free agents? Bakhtiari, Lindsley, Jones, Kevin King, and Kenny Clark. Who should they prioritize? Now, in my opinion, and in this case, I happen to believe that my opinion is the correct and only correct opinion. The conversation about upcoming free agents does not start until Kenny Clark is put on top and he's re-signed. Now we can talk about Bakhtiari, Lindsley, Jones, Williams, King, but this conversation starts only when Kenny Clark is re-signed. 608-796-2558, a couple of texts coming in on who the Packers should prioritize. They should lock in Clark and Bakhtiari, then preferably Jones over Williams, but one of them has got to stay. I would tend to agree, and if you're going to keep one or the other, I, in my opinion, you just might as well pony up and keep Aaron Jones. That text is from Billy. Thanks, Billy. Like I said, it starts and ends with Kenny Clark. Now, if the Packers feel as though they have a secession plan, a new left tackle, either through the draft or through free agency, and they feel as though they can do it without David Bakhtiari, okay, I can listen. But I can't listen if their plan is to get rid of Kenny Clark because they don't have much in the way of the defensive line currently. And I know we're all excited about Kingsley Kiki, but I need to see it. 
This Packers team got bombed twice by the running attack of the 49ers. And, and now you're going to let Kenny Clark go? Hell no. So I agree. It starts and ends with Kenny Clark. I would then prioritize Jones and Bakhtiari. I don't know about Corey Lindsley. I, I got to think that Brian Gutekunst believes in his ability to go find another center because they've done it a couple of times. From Scott Wells to Jeff Saturday to J.C. Treader to Corey Lindsley, they've had a pretty good track record getting centers. So maybe they believe... I, I don't think Corey Lindsley will be back. And then they'll figure out King and, and Jones and Williams. It's a long conversation and one that I, that I cannot wait to continue to have uh, coming up before too long. That's all the time for today. Wisco Sports Show back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Talk to you then.